Keep it fun. Keep it fun. Uh, we're a bit delayed. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the UK Parkers Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Judy, and I felt, you know what? That just rolls off the tongue. The kids are even saying it, Brosif. It's Brosif. How do, sir? What's going on? Do you mind if I call you Brosif? No, Brosif is good. Brobo One Kenobi. Another one? <laughs> Bro, Broby One Kenobi, yes. Angelina yeah. Broly. Nice. We could go Brobo Baggins. I like it. Bill Bro Baggins, even mm, better. Well, you see, you're getting deep into the trilogy now. Um, what about Elvis Costelbro? Like it. Fidel Castbro? Tony Bromo. Very okay. football related. Do we move on or do we keep doing this for the rest of the podcast? Oh, I'm going to have to think of it. You kind of put me on the spot. Oh, Pablo Picasso. Very artistic. Yeah, I like works. it. Scarlett Brohara. Very good. Uh, Willem Dabro. Nabrolian Bronaparte. <laughs> do we, nice. Do we okay. leave it there? Yeah, gonna, that's, a, that's, a that's a twofer. That's a twofer. Anyway, uh, so for anyone who didn't catch on now in the last 10 minutes, you're my brother and you're on the podcast. You're at Daryl J. O'Brien. I'm at Steve Diddy. I just feel like they're being desensitized to this now. Follow me at Steve Diddy NFL because no one ever does. No. Yeah. Some people do, but not a lot of people. And I think we've got our posse. You know, I think we've got the usual bros and. Ladies, ladies, and uh, yeah, they're sort of just rocking with us. But we're got look, we're a bit late because I have a, a confession, not really a confession to make. I have a confession. I have a life. Uh, it was my what? my partner, if I may. It was her birthday. Um, my life partner. My life partner. My life partner. I spend my life with her. This has been absolute nonsense for at least two minutes. Um, there might yeah. be some heavy editing so people might just find me go hello anyway the bears uh, yeah so it was her birthday on Monday so I decided I can't really be coming on reviewing the game like you know happy birthday to you blow with the candles see ya and then come upstairs and do the podcast probably wouldn't work and then yesterday we had a bit of a, a shower incident so I had to get the whole this is really boring now but I got a new shower you know what that's, it's exciting that's right? horrendous that's horrendously boring that's what people want to hear but here oh, let's yeah. make it interesting then you know Steve Jobs you know yep. the guy, the turtleneck and the apple stuff, great mind and all this type of stuff, right? He had this thing where he used to go home, as decisive as he was in work, he used to get home and he could not decide what fridge he wanted. And apparently this went on for 10 or 15 years where he would, every single day at dinner, uh, dinners, would turn around and say to his wife, I just, I've been looking at fridges again, I just don't know. And he could never select what fridge he wanted. How maddening is that? Yeah, but, yeah, but he did. Yeah, yes. Um, so speaking of dead, we should move on to the bears and how we uh, steamrolled yeah, them and stuff. And how we, yeah, I mean, it hmm. was a comfortable. I mean, I like a route. I like a comfortable route even more. I mean, oh, after yeah. the first quarter, we were kind of dusted, really. Like a glove. Yeah. But before we get there, do we want to barrel into the bears, or do we want to hit them up with a bit of Tavon Austin and Will well, Fuller? Action. I think we've got a we've got a point of order. If I put into the minutes uh, before we even do any of that, happy birthday to Dime Balls. AKA it, it AKA the Aaron Rodgers. We know he listens. So what up, A-Rod? In fact, yeah. we reached out to A-Rod for comment. Um, actually, I've reached out to A-Rod for an interview, but his agents said they would contact his other agents and let us know. Um, oh God, his agents have agents? His agents have agents, yeah. So he's, he's very hard to get on. But at least we get to see him on Pat McAfee every Tuesday. And he said some revealing things. But before we get on there, um, come on, let's talk about uh, Tavon Austin. Happy? Yeah, back on the active roster. I think so. 
Mm. Uh, and where has he been? He's been away at Dallas for two seasons. He appears. I mean, he's very good cover, and I think that's where this is coming from. He loves. We know Lafleur loves the El Priestap motion, so it's going to suit Austin, I think. And I mean, he knows him from his time at the Rams, so he obviously knows stuff. I haven't looked at all the tape, but uh, he is cut out of the same cloth, I think, as cover a good cover for Tyler Irwin. Yeah, I'm happy enough. So he's he's good. He's he's quick and all that. But bearing in mind when he was drafted, what's he in the league now? Seven years. So yeah. he's you know, and as well as that, if you're picking up a guy at this stage, well, you know, the the writing's on the wall there. But as you said, I mean, he's, he wants someone to come in as a kick return, punt return guy, someone who's quick. He reminds me a lot of Randall Cobb, um, and Randall Cobb yeah, is still true. doing it. You know, so when you look at that, I'm just, and that's there was all this talk as well. Are they going to get him to the practice squad? Are they going to get him to the active roster? Um, it's been said now that he's the active of roster yeah. um, so right. he's got to be on the team so yeah um, look he's going mean, to be slot in another thing that sort of leads into that is I was reading something in The Athletic um, and it talks about how you know I, I know it's your favourite topic because you are mad to buy another wide receiver I mean you just oh, can't yeah. get enough of it big fan you absolutely I mean it. look at our scores we're obviously suffering so go on yeah so Dane Brugler said that he thinks we're going to pick up Rashad Bateman from Minnesota uh, in round one in 2021 but I to be honest, I just think it's a load of nonsense to get something in print because why have why have Bateman when we already have Lazard? I just don't mm. I just don't see what he's gonna add. So I just thought it was a load of nonsense. Yeah. As much as you want one, and I know you want one bad. Oh yeah, of course. Yes, it's definitely yeah. something I mean, that you've I've... said it many, many times yeah. on the podcast that that's exactly all you want to be happy in life. Yep. Exactly. Or you could that. have said the exact opposite, but I, I can't remember. Remember. Yeah, I think it was the exact opposite, actually. But you yeah, see, think, this is the thing that right. I'm going to get massacred for the whole time. Now, the, here, case in point, and I don't want to get onto the Bears too early because I do want to touch on exactly that point that you raised uh, when it comes to Will Fuller. Um, and I don't want to go on about it too much because then people start switching off. Um, you just look at the points the Packers are putting up. You look at the points the Packers are putting up against um, our divisional opponents. Now, granted, yeah. some of the competition that we've come up against has been quite weak. So, yeah, all of that in mind, fair enough. But then you look at the schematic stuff that's happening and how they're using Aaron Jones. Uh, Jamal Williams was fantastic against the Bears. Yeah, Alan Lazard is back. Um, and people like to discount him just because he wasn't a top draft pick or he isn't a sort of flashy fella. He's got a cool name. Um, you know, his name can be put against an emoji con. Uh, so, you know, he's good. Like, he's a great blocker and very smart. But I'll, I'll let, let me bring it in already, I guess. But in the on the Pat McAfee show, which is an awful lot of bro Montana, kiss the Fidel Castro action of, you know, slapping arse and, and trying to be one of the dudes in the locker room and all that. But there's some great insight there. And Aaron Rodgers went into Alan Lazard and just the fact that you can win with smart football players. And that's what he has in Alan Lazard, which brings me to my point. So again, I've stuck by my guns to say, I think we have the weapons that we need to, to get going and again it's not kind of like oh well, look I told you so um, you know we've done the business when we've needed to do we've looked lethargic at times too and we've looked like we've had no options also at times uh, even within games uh, now I know in the fourth quarter of the Bears game um, it looked to me like the offence couldn't actually get anything going really um, which was a problem um, but again it was the fourth yeah. quarter and LaFleur has already explained all that we can go into that kind of later uh, so I do understand people's frustration and again I'm not saying that another good wide receiver uh, wouldn't be great it would but it's been proved uh, week in week out now uh, and historically so that the players that we have can be utilised to do the business which brings me to Will Fuller who yeah. we were trying to pick up and people come out with this ridiculous notion that it was for a rental as if a player would actually go for that. He's been suspended now for six games uh, because of the use of PEDs. Now, um, it'd be very easy for me, right, to go, oh, well, you see, I told you, ha-ha, egg on your face for anybody who wanted Will Fuller. 
Like that's absolute balderdash because I know and you know, nobody knew, I don't think. Not no. unless the Packers got wind of it, which I severely doubt um, because that'd be just absolute madness. No one knew he was on performance enhancing drugs so it's not as if because it's it's amazing as well because some people are in the camp of I've been talking for ages now and I will stop um, people are in the camp of we don't need a wide receiver and then people are saying that we definitely needed one and we're screwed I'm somewhere in the middle um, yeah. trying to sort of see if it's from, from both angles but that doesn't mean that I'm sort of like oh well you see I told you about Will Fuller um, we dodged a bullet but I don't think obviously intentionally so so anybody giving the credit to Goody that he's some genius yeah, for yeah. somehow predicting that this he's guy he's a drug sniffer TV's. dog now as well yeah apparently so no I don't for all of the crowd because and again I wouldn't like to put myself in the crowd of people that just like to lambast other people saying that we definitely don't need another wide receiver Yes, it would be nice. I've said that all along. However, I do feel like we can do the business with the ones we have. Um, so I'm not going to be the same guy who's going to be like, oh, well, you see, we told you about Will Fuller, even though I wasn't too pushed on the idea. We couldn't get him anyway. Yeah, But no. anyway, so we, we'll drop that there. Let's get on to Bears because this is actually a Bears and for your very first time, I believe, bro, it's going to be a bit of Eagles. Quick snaps. Oh, the quick snaps. Yeah. Are well, you, Christopher, you doing it? Christopher Brolumbus, you make a very good point. You're supposed to say I was doing it and then I say me and my brother like to, I can't even say the lyric. I say me and Matt Schneidman like to do it together and I do that with everybody, but I don't think I'm willing to commit the tape how that <laughs> game goes down. But come on, tell us about you, the Bears. Were you impressed? Were you nonchalant? Yeah, no, uh, I was pretty impressed. I mean, there was a couple of, you're reading the media for the last few weeks and they talk about, oh, are Packers the real deal? Are they this? Are they that? And I mean, I think it's fair to say now that they're by far the NFC North's best team and definitely Super Bowl contenders. There's, you know, it, it doesn't lie now. Um, we got our forty burger, which was nice. Nom nom. I don't know what it's. I've got my standout players. So Darnell Savage, or I think we've we have Go to come on. up with a different name for. Him. I think yeah. from now on, with those two interception game, he's now he's he's sort of lifted his game to be Darnell Savage. What do you think? Savage, definitely. <laughs> yeah. He also smells amazing. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, so he was brilliant. Two interceptions, fantastic. Preston Smith, uh, he got that score from... Um, yeah, the fumble punched out by Z Smith, which is great that yeah. they're working together again. I mean, the other thing about that's Preston Smith, you know, he was, what was he, 52 million? Was he worth it? You know, people were wondering, is he, would he behave too much? I think mm. he's starting to work for his supper now. I thought... Year one, yes. Year two, absolutely disappointing. But again, you have to look at the coverage, right? He's been dropped in, into coverage. But then you have the coaches coming out and saying that um, they don't understand why, about his efforts um, at the line of scrimmage so that he's not rushing correctly. But we saw a bit more juice. But I would say is that with seeing him being benched for Rashawn Gary, had to put a fire under his arse as well. So, yeah, so. it I seemed so. to pay off a bit anyway. But again, a one game. Yeah. Um, yeah, but still, he was impressive. We, we ran the ball well. Jones, Williams, we mentioned them already. They were brilliant. Um, there was people banging on about Hicks not playing, and you know, but maybe again, we can only play what's in front of us. I think credit has to go to Adam Stenovich as well, the defensive line coach. I thought he, oh, I thought he plumbed it perfectly well. You know, I thought he was pretty good. Some amazing records. To be honest, I think it's a case when you talk about A Rod and you're in the game as long as he is, you're going to start tumbling records pretty quick. But he's the only the 11th player. Uh, to pass 50,000 career passing yards I mean longevity health efficiency he has it mm. all I think that's why he got there but that's pretty fantastic figure another one then Devontae Adams had a great match he had 500 career catches and he's the fastest player in Packers history to do it he did it in 95 games which is Bonkers. pretty amazing Mercedes Lewis he I don't think he gets enough credit so I'm, we're going to have to give it to Mercedes here 400th career pass one of only 7 tight ends in history 
catch at least 400 passes and play at least 200 games. Amazing. Nuts. And uh, as well as that, Dan Orlovsky had a nice one where they broke yeah. out a play um, that Adam Lazard made by, you know, dropping inside the tight end and uh, Mercedes Lewis looked like he was going to block. And that's what I loved as well. They're sort of quoting the fact that they just keep ignoring him in the end zone because he's this blocking tight end yeah. and he's almost becomes another O-lineman. And then you see him head into the end zone. That was just absolutely perfectly timed. Yeah, I'm um, for him. Which, uh, like you say, he doesn't get the plaudits he deserves. But that's what... Um, Aaron Rodgers was saying on the McAfee show, not to bang on about it, but definitely watch the latest episode, anybody out there, if you haven't already, because he goes into some sort of X's and O's and some smart stuff. Um, but he talks about Lazard with that as well, is that he's doing so much off the ball, uh, like he's blocking and stuff. And sure, that's what we said in our preview and post-match review stuff, is that Alan Lazard is not only impactful now that he's back because of what he can do and stretch the field and all this type of stuff. He's he's brilliant that he's blocking. I mean, he's able to pick up people because um, Aaron Rodgers goes into this thing where uh, the block that he made to spring, I think it was Jamal Williams free. It was just a very smart football play that he had a number of options on of how to, you know, sort of plug that yeah. gap. Um, and he did it in the most efficient, the best way possible to, to earn a positive play. Um, but yeah, no, he's really good. Anybody else stand out for you then um, in the game? Yeah. ESB, does he make your list? Well, do you know who did make my list? Go MVS. On. Oh yeah, terrible. Yeah, no. so the we, amount we of times he... we, we can't even give out about MVS. The amount of times he didn't catch anything. Mm. Or it was yeah, throw. it's amazing. Yeah, he was zero. He went zero for zero. I mean, what? Yeah. That's trash. Absolutely but uh, speaking terrible. of drops, here's here's a lot to show you, right? So um, when you look at the amount of drops people have had and all this type of stuff, um, and everyone picks out MVS as being, oh, it's just he drops everything. Is the thing I keep seeing online. Devontae Adams. Yeah. Uh, there was a penalty. And we had a free play and he dropped a really obvious one, which is very uncharacteristic for him. And then Aaron Rodgers took a shot over the middle. Um, and I was just thinking to myself, that was a very hard ball to catch. And I would never um, get down on Devontae Adams. To me, he's the best receiver in the league. Um, but he didn't come down with that one either. Now, it was very difficult to come down with it uh, in traffic and the coverage was really good. However, had that been MVS, yeah. you guarantee the headlines and the Twitter would have exploded yeah, exactly. to say, oh, hard ball, but definitely catchable. You have to get yeah. those ones if That's you want to be in this league. That's kind of why I mentioned MVS is because, mm. to be fair, he doesn't get he doesn't get a, an even break of uh, no. the criticism. Or So I think that's right. I mean, people are basically looking over the fact that Adams, by his standards, actually had a bad game. Yeah, yet, which is two out of three, know, isn't it? Like, yeah, I mean, he's had some, yeah. some nightmare, not nightmare stuff, but for him, his high standard. Yeah, um, yeah he's the, had some brain fart moments for the sure. Only the, the other player I think that stands out, uh, it's not for a good thing, is poor old Trubisky. I think he, ha- I mean, he actually looked frustrated all night. I mean, he didn't get, n- nothing seemed to go right for him at all. Um, so he's definitely a standout player. I mean, obviously the quarterback and the other team always is, but and I think we'll, we'll definitely cover that off when we get to the, the quick snaps now for the Eagles game, but he had a nightmare of a night. Yeah, which is to be expected. It's brilliant too, because like, there's some gifts that just keep on giving, and I would play the claim of the week music, but there was that article that was released a couple of years ago, is Trubisky going to topple Aaron Rodgers from being the best quarterback in the NFC North? I mean, yeah. what are you thinking? You know, yeah. it's very early doors. Um, but look, see, this is the thing that kind of frustrates me about the game, if I may. Um, this was a game, you know, it was 41-25, dropped a 40-burger, nom, nom, nom. But when I look at this game, I'm kind of thinking, you know, for the first half, again, we were great. But the amount of breaks that I felt we caught, first off, as you said, Akeem Hicks uh, was out. So when we were running up the middle um, and up the gut, it just seemed to come off every time. Yeah. Now, that's yeah. a credit to the O-line. Uh, like you said, Stenovich and what he's doing with the boys there is unreal because Corey Lindsley gets injured. Elton Jenkins moves over to centre. Um, and then Lucas Patrick is playing with a, a duff foot. And then he's limping the whole game. And then he... Now, again, for him to get that leverage... Uh, 
with such a dodgy foot is unbelievable to me. But then John Runyon comes in, which is Mr. Dependable, uh, just like his dad. And he's yeah. fantastic then. So I don't know what is in the water in Green Bay with these old linemen, because even um, when James Campbell was there, I thought he was the magic formula. But it just feels like they're either really good at getting um, O-line coaches or... Uh, they've they're, or they're brilliant at drafting these fellas. I just I don't know how to explain it. Like it's incredible, because um, Aaron Rodgers said that as well. He was like, you know, any day that he gets up of a Monday and he's not aching because he hasn't been put on his arse is, is a great day for him. And he, you know, he's been kept clean uh, basically all season. But what I will say about this game was is that the defense for me was still highly questionable because it's our all it's our age old formula. Not to moan at a win. I'm not doing that. But again, like this is just I guess the way I saw it was that we went up uh, early. And there was a couple of reasons for that. One, uh, a holding call pulled a third down back, uh, which put them uh, at two long odds, and we ended up getting the stop and get them off the field. Uh, then there was a Gary Sack and a Smith uh, touchdown, which was pivotal because we punched the yeah. ball out there. But before that, Montgomery was could seemingly run at will. There was one, um, you know, busted play by the defense with uh, Christian Kirksey, where he just completely was ball watching. I don't know what he was doing. He just didn't uh, get his gap assignment at all. Um, so Montgomery went and blasted down for... Um, a run and at the end of that I think it's Alexander who tries to take him down and just can't now I know when you're running a full tilt that's pretty hard but the defence to me is is still suspect and this goes back to the capers days um, where you know we're getting tanked now I wouldn't focus on the fourth quarter because that's silly right um, you know we all know junk time they're trying to keep the play in front of them they're not trying to give up big plays which takes little time and allows them to get back into it so you know but still apart from that this game to me if we'd won this game or some of the, or sorry, if if we had lost this game with the same measure of stuff, you'd look at some of the things there, wouldn't you, and sort of go, you know, like we were never fully out of it. And I know people go, oh, of course, the Bears were, they were out of it at half time. But more so, you'd look at a couple of things like, you know, the holding penalties helped us. Yeah. Uh, the the fumble recovery for a touchdown uh, really helped us. And those interceptions, I'm sorry, someone keeps, I, I read, I don't know what it was that I read saying that uh, Sauvage, it was very athletic and like fair play to the guy or whatever. And Matt LaFleur came out and said that he got some interceptions in training and that it sort of leaked over into the game, which is all well and good. But that, that throw by Trubisky, as you alluded to, I mean, that should never have been thrown into the end zone. Um, now, not to talk too much because I've been banging on for ages now, but Sauvage even said that they tried to do, they did that against the Vikings and Thielen um, ended up coming down with the ball. So he recognised that and went to go against it. And then that second interception was thrown into triple coverage and he comes down with it again. Two very badly thrown balls. So to be honest with you, th- this is more of an indictment to how bad the Bears are uh, versus yeah, I the Packers. So. I think know? the Bears lost it as opposed to us winning it. 100%, um, yeah. And actually, to be honest, I think when we move on to the Eagles now, I think, but the... I think that we're not going to learn anything else next week either because I have a feeling we're going to be up against similar kind of opposition here. Yeah. Um, I mean, I would say, look at the records alone. I think the Eagles are second last now at the minute. But well, won. the NFC East is an absolute dumpster fire anyway. That so, is, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, to me, all of them are last place. <laughs> when you look yeah, at them, it's I, just it, like... Well, what have they got? They've won three, lost seven, yeah, three, seven. one. I mean, yeah, it's yeah. like... You, no, what I'll say is last year's game, so when they came to Lambeau and they basically stole a win, was a 34-27 after falling behind by double digits in the first half. So that that still hurts. Oh, big time, yeah. Packers are yeah. thinking about that straight away. I mean, if it was any normal December, you know, Eagles on the road coming to Lambeau in December, that would have been bad news for them anyway I, I don't know if that's the same now with no crowds but um, I think was looking at the spread I think Packers are 7.5 point favourites mm. but I mean the Eagles have been a disaster on the road 
this season. Been, so yeah, really... the, exactly. Yeah, I mean they've been a disaster all season, and in fact, it's amazing the sort of um, the juxtaposition of of one team versus the other. So you look at the floor, and he has the record that he has, um, and the, you know we're seeing the Super Bowl favorites, and everything's ticking along, and it's great. And the only sort of I guess torn in the side is Mike Petton and the defense, but still we're able to overcome that, and we're yeah. banging up forty burgers, and you know we're very comfortable at halftime. Whereas you look at the Eagles. And they're talking about uh, Doug Pedersen and the fact that he might not even last the season. So even he's yeah. saying, look, um, you know, their owner didn't go to the Cleveland Browns game because he was That's so right. ticked off about how badly they were doing. Um, and then that last game against the Seahawks. I mean, talk about a team like like the Bears for us, like just flinging, the, flinging it away. Yeah. I mean, they can't protect Carson Wentz, number one. So he's, he's doing an age-old quarterback thing where he's seeing ghosts. His accuracy is way off to the point that his running backs are looking at him and publicly got kind of outing him on the field as if to say, like, can you throw the ball into my hands and not my feet, please? Um, you know, and then there was an interception that he threw that even NFL memes picked up where he just banged the ball to the Seahawks dude in the, in the end zone. I mean, it's just, it's uncharacteristic and he's definitely regressing. Now, I don't know I about you, is. but I mean, do you put any stock into the fact that the Eagles are in a really bad division uh, Doug Pedersen, apparently if they win the, their uh, division, well, then he keeps his job which is the rumor which is ridiculous that you know that's even out there um do you like do you think that it matters that because their team they're they're devoid of of talent and they're they're in disarray completely does it matter that a team has to play to save its coach and is still not out of the running in their division despite their crappy record you know like moxie and gusto doesn't really do you when you're coming up against the Packers no, team at home right I don't think so like and especially if, if this was a long standing coach who was endeared by all the players and the fans and they wanted to pull it out because they, the team felt they were letting the coach down if anything I think it's the other way around here um, you know they've, as you rightly said there's no weapons whatsoever Carson Wentz is just responsible for far too many turnovers he's, yeah. what is he the, he's in the bottom 5 quarterbacks through 12 weeks so far um, I mean also they're coming off a short week as well um, you know so it's not going to help they haven't as much time to to bound around and then if or, you know to, to get recharged and back on the field but I think as well from the rumours from the camp seems to be that Jalen Hurts is you know really putting Wentz under pressure and I don't think it's doing his head any good in other words it's not spurring him on at all in any way to play better in fact if anything he, he sees this guy snapping at his heels and it's um, it's making him worse I mean, when you have the jitters like that, it's it's not going to be good yeah. for you because it's obviously a confidence issue because his accuracy is way off. Now, this is a yeah. guy who they paid massive money to, so he is kind of the weight around their neck here because they, they can't get rid of him. And people are sort of saying, oh, well, is it Wentz or is it going to be the coach? And they're kind of thinking, well, with the money that they've pumped into Wentz and no one's going to take him up. So here's the dilemma that the Eagles are in. Um, and again, it is pertinent to this podcast because we're talking about like the sort of the profile of the team that we're coming up against here. Yeah. Um, is that, you know, they can put Hurts in, but then that hurts, I guess, Carson nice. Wentz. And, and that goes and screws him. But then you're literally saying to the league, he's not a starting quarterback then. So then yeah. you can't move him on. And you devalue him, and then you could, yeah. you could, yeah, you could destroy Hearts then as well because he's not ready, not unless he puts a, a fire under you or whatever. Because um, we kind of see it. Because look, if you go back to the Bears game, Mitchell Trubisky, this is a guy who lost the starting job to Nick Foles. Nick Foles gets an injury, and they put Trubisky back on. I mean, it's just what you see what happens when you've got this sort of. Um, roundabout now both of them are questionable quarterbacks anyway but I mean when you have this roundabout a quarterback um, I just don't think they have enough to come back with it do you know what the best quote that I saw Daryl over the last maybe two weeks on Twitter and we all know it is a, just a hive of uh, quality uh, unbiased information <laughs> yeah but one, one of those tweets that I saw was is Carson Wentz is cheeks now nice. that's fascinating for so many reasons because <laughs> I feel like 
And the one I came up with was is that you know Carson Wentz puts the arse in Carson. Um, nice. so, thanks. Uh, but uh, <laughs> when you look at the whole Carson Wentz's cheeks, it used to, it started off like Carson Wentz's shite, right? And then it moves to Carson Wentz's ass. I've seen that one. Now it's cheeks. I mean, how far are we away from Carson Wentz's colon, or how far oh. away are we from Carson Wentz's small intestine? Are we getting? Are we going further up the anatomy oh, here? We're going further up, yeah. Where do we get like, to? Like, where does it stop? Carson Wentz's tonsils, and then that's Carson Wentz's biceps. Yeah, <laughs> it's just it's so abstract. By the time our grandkids are running around, you're like, what does that even mean? Yeah, no one knows. Um, no one knows. Yeah, yeah I think he's the only. I mean, we've seen the Broncos play. Well, I won't say play, but they played without a quarterback. Um, yeah, you know. So I mean, I don't we know. We saw the Bears play without a quarterback, effectively. As well. Nice. So, nice. Uh, it was a well, I mean, that's the other, going back to that as well. Like you can blame the coach on him having the jitters, but the coach doesn't throw the ball. So yeah, you know. I, yeah, I do you know what? what? And that that goes to show how much of a mess it is, though. I mean, when you look at Carson Wentz, especially because when you look at Doug Peterson, an ex quarterback. I mean, Packer fans know him very well uh, with his Brett Favre days in Green yeah. Bay. Um, so this is a guy who was tipped to not know what he was doing coaching. He goes and brings him to the Super Bowl, but he's supposed to be this quarterback guy, this offensive guy, and this this whisperer. So if you had a defensive coach in there, you could go, all right, fair enough. He doesn't know what to do with him, kind of, and he needs to bring in a quarterback's coach or someone to help him. But the fact that he should be the one who's getting the most out of Wentz and he just can't do it, yeah, he just um, can't do it yeah. is a problem. But um, yeah, so if they bring that forum to Green Bay, well, then we steamroll them. But it's funny, I think it was on the official Packers podcast. Uh, the friend of, of us, Mike Spofford here, uh, he delved into, you know, the teams in the NFC that are up the top. If you look at the Saints, us, um, and the Seahawks. And we only face Tennessee, which is an, a, a mm-hmm. team that's above 500. So, and everyone has that. I mean, every other team only has one above 500 as well. So it seems like this game is kind of like a meh game, you know, that yeah. we just steamroll them and just get out of dodge. But the thing is, it just goes to show how important these games are now because one of these subpar or deeming sort of subpar teams um, could get a resurgence. They could have a, just a game where everything goes right for them and everything goes wrong for us. And if you fall to one of these crappy teams uh, or who are having a crappy time, I should say, as opposed to a crappy team, um, well, then, you know, that could be, that could spell the, the end of your, uh, playoff by hopes because that's what it comes down to here especially with the new playoff rules right so that what we need yeah. to do is get the number one seed to get that playoff by otherwise uh, you know we're going out to play and we all know the playoffs anything can happen so again this game seems like it's going to be a walk in the park but aren't these the games the Packers don't get up for uh, yeah. and these are the ones that we tend to well, lose well I think so. that's right and if you look at the spread that you know that's been given they've been given five, 7.5 point favourites I mean I would expect it to be a, an awful lot more than 7.5 yeah. points but I actually think that goes to show that I mean there's something in that figure that shows that the you know commentators and all that are actually thinking well you know what they might just squeak this and i think that's a good point i mean whatever about having a banana skin game you've also got to look at the resurgence of coronavirus in the u.s you know these guys aren't playing in a bubble um you know they're they're still you know going about their day-to-day business as much as they can and if you lose a lot of your key players especially come towards the playoffs you could end up with a decimated team you know yeah it's like any injury, I guess, isn't it? I mean, that they really have to sort of pay attention for that. Now, we all, we, you know, we've seen what's happened with the Eagles and the stuff that they faced. We've kind of got off relatively scot free. Yeah, AJ so Dillon's far. another worrying one, isn't it? I mean, that dude's yeah. still out. What is it, four weeks now? And they yeah. asked, um, they asked Matt Lefleur, uh what was the story there, and like obviously he came out and said, look, I obviously I can't talk about it, but it's just it is a bit concerning that he's still not back. I know it knocks the, it knocks the life out of you. Um, you know, and it, it really takes your energy and stuff. But the fact that he's not back yet, especially for like an athlete with the arse the size of a bus, you'd sort of think that he'd have more power in him. I'm sure there you go. Yeah. Um, 
Any other business to do with the uh, Bears or da- Eagles? No, or I don't think so. I th- actually think Eagles is probably going to be a carbon copy of what we just have just witnessed against the Bears. So as you say, just get in, get it won, and get it, get that record in the bag and carry on. Again, like I said it on the pre on the quick snaps for the Bears, it, this is going to be a race to thirty points. And um, the fact that the Eagles, I, I don't think they've put up uh, over thirty points yet this season. If they have, I, I think they've got the high twenties. I should have really had that stat in front of me. But uh, their last three games, it's been seventeen points apiece, um, and they've lost to some some pretty bad teams. And they're on a bit of a skid at the moment as well, which is kind of indicative of where they're going with their season. So mm-hmm. again, I wouldn't expect them to to put up thirty points, but with fumbles and with all this type of stuff, you never know what's going to happen. But you know, the defense keep needing to make those splash plays because they will give up points on the ground because the one thing and I guess we'll end on this that I am worried about with Wentz is that because he has the jitters and it's going to be a cold atmosphere and everything else I wonder will they try uh, get him to uh, squeak out the pocket a bit more get his legs going because he can be pretty dangerous when he gets to running he's not the fastest guy in the world but still we all know the Packers have had an issue containing the run this season we saw that in, against Montgomery he had an absolutely monster day and then also running quarterback sometimes bamboo, bamboozles us as well you know yeah. you have lads getting up for the pressure and then jumping up on the pump fake and then letting the guy squeak out to the left or right so we're going to have to keep an eye on that um, as well but yeah, it's, it's definitely, it's again, like I said with the Bears, there. this is a game that they have to just go and just punish them and win and win by double scores. Um, yeah, put it to win bed by double scores, no injuries. Uh, mm. That'd be great. Yep. Which is easier said than done. I mean, you look at uh, some of the defensive pieces for the Bears that were missing. Yeah, Corey Lindsley still came down with an injury. So yeah. it can happen to the best of them. You get one guy shoved into you, but then you're toast. Um, so I guess some business. I just want to give a quick shout out if you've got this far in the podcast, all the Patreon subscribers, the new one. We really appreciate you. So many people have said they've loved the podcast, which is brilliant to hear. Um, and I do like hearing from anybody on DM, be it Twitter, Facebook. Um, and also there's a nice few DMs coming in on Patreon as well, which is a great place to get me. Um, and I've had some nice chats going back and forward there so a big thank you to everyone who's joined the Patreon after this podcast in fact I'm going to be recording the video to give away uh, some Whopper prizes so it's a Kenny Clark signed jersey uh, followed by a Lane Taylor signed jersey then a Jay Sternberger signed jersey then a Kevin King signed pick as well as some UK Packers face masks which will become collector's items because as we all know this miracle vaccine is coming soon so thanks to everybody and again so there's two bits of feedback I got one they love the podcast and number two they were in that bracket of people that wanted to get onto Patreon an awful lot earlier but they just never set aside the time it's very easy to do and like I said people set it up and forget about it you get your t-shirt after six months and every single month you're in the draw for signed merch without fail there's always a draw every month and there seems to be always new people uh, winning and I have a special announcement to make at the start of that video as well for Patreon so if you're not a subscriber um, do check out that video anyway because I think for all the Patreon members uh, you know present and future uh, there's going to be something in there for you all as well but as usual he has been at Daryl J O'Brien give him a follow on Twitter I've been at Steve Diddy NFL thought of another oh, one go John on. John Bon Brovi <laughs> it's, see this is what's going to happen now people are going to be either listening in their cars or we're going to be going along just texting each other all the different ones that we come up with Bro J Simpson that's a good one uh, Terrell Browns. There we go. Nice. I mean, you know, we're just nice. coming up with all the NFL ones. Just off the top of the dome. So he's at Daryl J. O'Brien. I'm at Steve Diddy. Just want Mama Amy O'Brien. And of course, follow the group at UK Packers. And that is your review. And quick snaps. Come on, do it with me. Do it with me, Daryl. Oh, he's doing I can hear him doing it. And I hope you're doing it on your own to yourself in your car as well. Fantastic. Well, we're doing it together. Oh, God damn it. Right, so <laughs> until next week. Goodbye from me and him.
See ya.